today's Leading Women episode 214 with the wonderful Denise Fleck. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Denise Fleck. Denise Fleck established Sunny Dog Inc. to help people help their pets through her pet first aid and CPR curriculum. She has developed a line of pet first aid kits and is an award-winning author as well as a high school animal care instructor. Denise is the author of Quick Find Books Pet Care Series and penned the pet first uh, pet first aid section for animal behavioral college textbooks for groomers, dog trainers, and veterinary technicians. Denise is an advocate of adapting senior pets and teaches workshops on how to make their later years more golden. Women of the world, Miss Denise Fleck. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's Bow Wow. Wonderful to be here, Marie. I love that. Well, I, we are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Denise, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind that niche? Positively. After um, being in a corporate job, I felt I needed something that would warm my heart, uh, wag my tail and filled my soul with pride in making a difference. I had been a studio publicist for many years and had enjoyed it immensely, but I got tired of just working on feeding human egos and I wanted to do something that would make me feel good because I was really contributing to, you know, the society and my heart beats dog. So, you know, it was a natural for me to want to do something in the animal world. I strongly feel that pets are part of the family. They love us unconditionally. There are teachers, you know, there are therapists. So why wouldn't we want to help them? Um, there's actually just in the last, I guess, six months or so, been a new word coined in the world or in America called zoea. Um, people that work with animals may be familiar with a word called zoonosis, and that has to do with diseases that travel between species, meaning diseases we can get from animals. 
Well, what Zoea is, is it's a new way of thinking, or actually it's scientific research that's been done that shows we benefit from animals. They actually do lower the stress in our lives. They're scientifically proving that people with um, various illnesses and cancers even heal or get better if they have a pre the presence of an animal around them. Having a dog makes you get up and get out and exercise. Um, having animals when you're a kid, it helps you build immunities. So they do so much for us, I want to be able to do something for them. And the average pet owner just does not have a veterinarian Velcro to their hip 24-7. And it's Murphy's Law that if the cat cuts her paw or the dog isn't breathing, that's um, going to happen after veterinary hours and probably when you're home alone. So by knowing first aid, knowing what to do at the time an injury or illness happens, we can really diminish some of the pain and suffering and really help our pet on the road to recovery before we even get to that professional medical help. So that's what I try to do. I try to be the conduit between the pet owner and the veterinarian teaching pet owners to become a team player and do a lot of things at home just like we're supposed to do self exams of ourselves doing head to tail checkups of our pet and being ready to jump to the task to do various skills. Wow, I love what I'm hearing about your business and this niche that you have carved out. I mean, I would never have thought about first aid for pets, for dogs, for example. But you are right. I mean, pets are part of our lives and we have first aid for us human beings. Why not? Also, our pets are part of our, our family. Yeah, I love this niche. Now, what was that defining moment that prompted you to start a business and made you say, this is my business? It was my yellow Labrador retriever who we affectionately called the Sunny Dog. Her name was Sunny. And one day in about her eighth year of life, she got up off the floor and literally let out a blood-curdling scream that seemed to echo through the canyons around our house. Unbeknownst to us at the time, she had ruptured three discs in her spine. And this was a lab, you know, a happy-go-lucky dog that complained about nothing. And she was obviously in severe pain. And to complicate things, at that point in time, my husband and I lived in a little cabin in the hills that was literally 110 railroad tie steps from the car to the house. So, you know, having an 80, 90 pound dog that couldn't walk and having to carry her down all those steps was, you know, really disconcerting. Long story short, I had developed a really good relationship with my veterinarian, and although he didn't make house calls, he did send a vet tech to our house. We got Sunny on a stretcher, and after surgery, she bounced back to her fun-loving self. She even learned to open our refrigerator. We went through quite a few childproof locks in order to keep her safe from herself. But, um, you know, that's what set me on the path of never wanting to be caught unaware when one of my furry children was in trouble, because, you know, we don't have, um, there are some pet paramedics out there but I mean there aren't as many they're not as abundant so they can't get to you as quickly as in the human world so you know pet parents have to be ready to jump to the task and from that point on I just started training and learning and practicing and reading and writing and it seemed one thing led to another Sunny got me on the road to teaching and developing pet first aid classes after Sunny passed, um, we adopted or actually rescued my first Akita. Her name was Sushi. And um, I wrote a story about her that Dog Fancy Magazine published. So through that story, um, I got onto my freelance magazine writing career. 
Later on, I had an adorable black Labrador retriever named Mr. Rico. He was the gentlest soul I ever met. He could lick the smile on anybody's face. And he, he really touched children. So that combined with the animal shelter I volunteer at, getting me involved in teaching high school animal care, made me um, go in the direction of starting to write books for children about animals. So it seems like, you know, each of my dogs along the way send me on a different path. I'm, I'm in the same arena. I'm doing animal care and safety, but they each want me to contribute something different. So I kind of just go with the flow and let my dogs tell me what to do. Yes, that's interesting that you share that one because more often, you know, that idea, that business idea is born out of our own experience. So, for example, with you, you had an experience with your dog, Sunny Dog, and made you realize, okay, you got that idea that, okay, maybe I could help other pet owners as well dealing with this. And this first aid, giving, being able to give first aid for our pets before the veterinary comes or the pet, pet paramedics comes is really cr crucial in their survival and in their, in their comfort uh, situation. So I really resonate with what you said about, you know, sometimes or more often it's, you know, leveraging this uh, from our own experience and then from there a, a great business idea comes about so for our listeners out there if you know if you have an experience if you have experienced something that you know can help other people that's one of the one of the ways a, a great business idea comes uh, is born or comes about so thank you for sharing that for our listeners to see for themselves and to learn that okay this is how a business idea comes this is how it came about for, with you and that they can think for themselves. Like, okay, maybe, maybe this, uh, especially for the our listeners who are thinking of going to business and aren't sure about it, this is one way of learning from each other. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they really like to know what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out. Well, I think number one, it is that, you know, and this can relate to anybody. If you find your passion, it doesn't seem like work. So a lot of it is getting to know yourself. And when you get in touch with that, um, it doesn't seem like work at all. It just seems like what you want to do, what you were intended to do. But what really keeps me going, because I always try a lot of things and it's important to try things and some things work tremendously some things fall flat some fall somewhere in between but what always puts a smile on my face is the feedback I get from my students I've had so many letters and calls where people say Denise so thank you so much for what you taught in that first aid class I was able to do CPR on a dog we got him to the emergency center and he's now you know living a happy life in his backyard with his family because I knew what to do thanks to your class um, teaching high school students now, I'm getting, you know, comments from them that I'm helping them to focus their career path. I had one student in particular who started my class thinking she wanted to be a veterinarian when she grew up. And when she graduated from my animal care class, she said, I now want to be an animal everything. 
because she just didn't realize all the opportunities out there that like me, you know, with my little niche here on business, that there are animal massage therapists that we're doing herbal treatments for pets and acupuncture that you can develop all kinds of toys and beds and games. It's just an unlimited amount of opportunities out there as long as you just open your mind. So I would have to say what keeps me going is just hearing that I apparently I'm doing what I was meant to do, that I'm getting this feedback that I'm affecting other lives and in turn they're helping animals yes I mean ultimately you are saving pet lives because of what you're putting out there what a great vision that one is so for our listeners out there the takeaway here is to create something create a vision for yourself and for your business that inspires you on a daily basis you know something that encourages you and that gives you direction because there are going to be days when you're going to be challenged and when you know that you have um, for example, what Denise said that you know when you know that you're you're what inspires you is seeing this great feedback or hearing this great feedback from your from her clients or from her students. That is really one that drives her to move forward. So for our listeners out there, create that vision for yourself, and this is that doesn't have to be a grand vision because this is going to evolve with you as you as you grow and as your business grow. But start something. Start with something that inspires you. Write it down, and then and that would be a kind of a roadmap for you to move forward. So thank you for sharing that. Now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Well, I'm going to put them kind of in animal terms in that the first one is dig my own path. Um, We've been talking about this, but don't be afraid to create something new. There are all those jobs and opportunities and job descriptions out there, but you need to get in touch with you and find out where your, what what do they say, follow your bliss. Um, You know, find out what your passion is, but also realize that you're going to have to go with the flow. You need to be flexible and adapt because even though you have a passion for something, if not enough people, you know, are following along, you're not going to make a living on it. So, So you may have to redirect it sometimes. So the first one would be to dig my own path. The second would be, like a dog, to keep my nose to the ground, meaning keep on learning, stay curious, check into things. Um, When you start to become an expert from taking classes or reading or writing or talking to experts, you develop confidence yourself so that you then can talk about that topic you know, without, with it, with expert quality, so to speak, you just develop that confidence and reassuredness so that you in turn can become an expert. And then that allows you to bark out loud and get noticed. Um, having a publicity background that was always very beneficial for me, but, um, I do like to talk to all kinds of groups because I feel confident. I know my topic, so I get out there. Um, I'll even attend demonstrations if need be. I was at one this last week about a poor dog that had, um, fireworks strapped to its side, um, by some, you know, unkind human to put it nicely and the thing is you know when you feel passionately about something you have to get out there and speak your mind or be part of the group because when you don't get involved you've made a decision not to help at all so I feel very strongly it's important to bark out loud and get noticed to create awareness for your business but also to um, be who you are 
Wow, a great trace there. I love that you put them in those uh, phrases. The first one is to dig your own path. I mean, create something new, follow your bliss, uh, but be, be flexible if that passion or, or where it is leading, where it leads you. And the second one is to keep my nose on the ground, meaning keep learning. You know, I believe also with what you said about when you know, when you are, when you know your staff, that builds confidence in you. When you are the expert in your field, that builds confidence in you. And then the third one is to bark out loud, get out there and be known, create awareness, spread your message uh, with what it is that you are putting out there. Wow. These traits are that uh, Denise is here with us. We can all learn and cultivate them and adapt them in our lives and in general and in our business. So thank you for being generous in sharing those. My but, pleasure. All right. Let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Well, funding one's business is always, you know, a difficult situation. Um, getting started, getting that startup money, but I'm sure that's one thing, you know, most everybody touches on, and there are all different methods to do that, and sometimes we struggle for many, many years trying to get that to happen, but my biggest learning curve has actually been in learning not to be an island. <laughs> Meaning, even in school, I always felt I excelled when I did an independent study, when I only had myself to be accountable to and rely on that, you know, then nobody could disappoint me by not coming through with what I needed. But I've realized, especially, you know, in the animal world, that people very often go into animal careers because they become disenchanted with humans and want to do work just with animals. But even to help animals, you need to deal with humans diplomatically because who cares? cares for them, who adopts them. So it's important to be connected to people and to interact and to network. And by joining forces with people, you aren't necessarily, um, you know, bowing down to the competition or sharing all of your trade secrets. But by sharing ideas, you exponentially increase your awareness. You um, can partner. You can have when somebody sends out their product, maybe put a brochure or a postcard that announces you and what you do, and then you reciprocate as well. That way, um, you're reaching their clients as well as your own. It's just important to meet people and do all kinds of joint ventures to take that time out for that coffee. I know it's so cliche, especially in Hollywood where, um, you know, I live here to do lunch. But, you know, and I'll talk about that a little bit more if we have time. But, you know, do those lunches, but really listen to the people and listen to what they're saying. Make them feel important. Um, and I think it's also important that if anybody else is in your arena or in your niche, that you don't think of them as competition. Um, that was something I really started off doing, and I'm just learning to realize that I'd rather think of them more as co-collaborators for my cause, because together we have you know more of a think tank of ideas, and we can help more animals. It isn't that I get more students than somebody else, but it's that together we teach more people to save the lives of these dogs and cats that we all love. 
Yes, absolutely. Great lessons in the, what you've just shared. And I totally believe, uh, agree with what you said about turning your competitors as partners or be, uh, collaborating with them because uh, collectively we can help, uh, we can reach even more uh, um, people, even more uh, clients, even more pet owners out there if we support each other. And then we don't, we, we not necessarily see our competitors as competitors, but as partners. So thank you for sharing that because our listeners, I'm sure, can learn from the lessons that you've learned. All right, let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health? your family, your relationships, and your business? You know, I think that's a tough one, and I don't know that anybody's mastered it. I just have to try to think, you know, every day that tomorrow's a new day, so if I mess up, I try again. (laughs) But um, I find it important, and I don't always get these two things done, but meditation and exercise. And it doesn't need to be any kind of, you know, new age hokey meditation if some people aren't, you know, um, that doesn't resonate with them. But what I'm talking about is stilling your mind, taking 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever you have to clear your mind because we're all so overwhelmed. We have so many thoughts and obligations. You need that time to clear your mind, rest your, you know, your energies and let things flow to you because you know what generally happens is we go to sleep and then at three in the morning you wake up remembering something you didn't do or you write the best letter in your head that you ever you know came up with but then by the time you get up in the morning you've forgotten it so it's important to have that mind clearing time and to exercise to keep that body that life-giving blood and oxygen flowing to all the tissues including the brain so that it can function um i think You know, it it sounds awful to have to schedule appointments with your friends or family, but, you know, I'm all for spontaneity, but sometimes we're tired, too, when, when those things come around. So life is hectic, and I think it's important to make time so that, you know, those friendships and those relationships don't go by the wayside. So schedule weekly, you know, date nights. Have a, you know, the third Tuesday of the month you get together with the girls for coffee or drinks, um, you know, massage, have your nails done, whatever it happens to be. But make sure you take that time. And, you know, if you have to put it on a calendar, put it on a calendar and a schedule to make sure it happens. Um, a lot of people just do best with a to-do list. And if you just don't put it down, sometimes neither of you ever gets the chance to pick up the call and make that connection. And then finally, I would say again in a, a animal phrase, enjoy the sniffs along the way. Be as much like your pets as you can by living in the moment, um, not worrying about what's going to be happening in five minutes or five days, but really cherishing that time you're together with people. Wow, I was so hooked in listening to every word that you've said. Great tips on work-life balance. And I totally agree with you. This is an area that we all, I'm sure, are challenged with and struggle with on a daily basis. But we don't have to make this work-life balance way too complicated. There are little things that we can do to create a a work-life balance in our lives. And one way of that, what Denise just shared with us, is to have this mind-clearing time. I love that 
phrase, you know, do, having that quiet time, having, doing meditation, if that's what you do, and also to incorporate physical activity, exercise in our lives, because that's not only keep us physically fit and mentally fit, but it will also increase our productivity and focus, and we will all be able to do more when we are physically fit and, and mentally fit. So uh, that has to be on your schedule. And I'm very, very big as well on putting things on schedule, whether that be your work time, your business time, your family time, your social time, put them on schedule and commit to uh, to making it happen. And then I love the last one I mentioned about enjoying the sniffs along the way, meaning to live in the moment, to enjoy the moment, whatever that moment, that moment it is that you are doing, whatever you are doing at that moment. So for example, if you are working on your business, enjoy that moment. Be, be present in that moment. And when you are with your family, when you are with your friends, enjoy the moment because that's one way of really being present and enjoying the moment. Because after all, we should be enjoying our journey. We should be enjoying our life as, as we go along with the business that we are building. So huge takeaways uh, with those tips on work-life balance that our listeners can, uh, can learn from. So thank you for sharing those. All right, let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes individually probably not so in your journey as an entrepreneur what does success mean to you and what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success well marie you're so right i know a lot of people think you know their bank accounts or fabulous european vacations awards titles prestiges all that are measures of success but you know as the old cliche goes you can't take those possessions with you um what I think your legacy should be is what you leave behind, not so much what you leave behind, but whose heart you touched. So to me, um, success is a, an in-the-gut feeling. It's something inside me that just says, you know what, I'm doing right now what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, it's a moment with my husband and my dogs when I look at them jo- and they're just so joyful and I just feel that all is right with the world. Um, it's a phone call from a student saying, thanks for your class, I saved a life. It's a student who says, you know, thank you, I now know what I do want to be when I grow up, or I'm at least closer to narrowing, you know, what I want my career path to be. Or it's just somebody saying, you know, to me that you're a good friend. So those are the kind of things that, you know, I feel in my gut, I feel I'm more successful than, you know, the piles of gold (laughs) accumulating somewhere. In a bank somewhere. <laughs> totally true. Totally uh, resonate with what you've said. And yes, absolutely. I mean, the as the true essence of success really is not those tangible benefits of being in business, but those the intangible aspects. So, for example, when you know that what you're putting out there is impacting other people's lives, when you know that their you know their lives are easier because of what you're putting out there, you're saving lives. For example, with this pet uh, care, uh, this first aid that you're doing you're putting out there that 
you know when you know that you're you're, you're great, getting a great feedback because of what you're putting out there that's the essence of true success of course we are in business to be profitable so financial metrics are important but at the end of the day what really fulfills us or what's gratifying is that knowing that what we're putting out there is impacting other people's lives or we are making a difference to other people's lives in intangible ways so i love your perspective on that before we get to the highlight of our show let's thank our sponsor podcast your passion yes did you know you can podcast your passion make a difference and make money talking about what you love talking about that's how i get to do what i'm doing talking to wonderful women every day here at today's leading women want to learn how i did it go to podcastyourpassion.com that's www.podcastyourpassion.com all right, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you're headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Well, I'd say the first one is to not stop learning. Don't stop learning, whether it's about your career or just about business. As we know in the fields of technology, things are changing constantly. So you need to be on the cutting edge and learn the latest things. So try, learn. I shouldn't say try, do. (laughs) But um, also remember that missteps are lessons learned as well. Just, you know, do your doggone best not to repeat the same mistakes. But when you misstep, you've learned something. So that's that's number one. Don't stop learning. The second one would be to listen, not only to yourself and know what your passion is, but to really listen to other people. So often people are listening to conversations, but their minds are running somewhere else. When you're talking to a friend or you're talking to a business associate, you're not going to close that deal unless they're thinking you're thinking they're important. So you need to tune into them, listen to their words, and make them feel like you're interested in what they're having to say. Um, An example I always give in the animal world is not to be on your cell phone when you're walking the dog. Really let that be good bonding time between you and your dog and tune into him. Notice that he's not getting into trash or he hasn't cut his paw. Same thing with your human associates. Pay attention to them. Listen to their words. Um, You'll make them feel important and you'll gain experience from them. Thirdly, I would say step out of your comfort zone. It's so nice to be in, you know, a little niche where we feel comfortable. We know exactly what we're doing, what's going to be expected of us. But you need to spread your wings and grow because the alternative to growing, I guess, is decaying. <laughs> so, um, you know, you may need to keep a sense of humor along the way because you're not going to excel at everything. But you're not going to know, you know, the great new amazing opportunities if you don't get out there and try them. So if you're afraid of speaking in front of audiences, get out there and do it. You know, do your preparation work, practice. You don't want to make, you know, a complete fool of yourself the first time. But like with anything in business, you have to do your homework and prepare for it. And the more and more you do something, um, as much as book learning is, you know, important, there's nothing like the experience, the actual doing of something. 
Wow, huge lessons in what you've shared, huge takeaways. So let me just summarize them again. So the first one is to not stop learning. This is really important, especially with what you've, you've mentioned about technology. I mean, it's changing all the time. So we really have to be on the cutting edge and be um, keeping the trends, especially uh, related to your industry. And the second one is to really listen. You know, oh, this is so huge. We really have to be to be present if we are talking to somebody. We're really listening uh, really well and not, not doing something else or not doing not multitasking while we are talking to somebody because we really have to pay attention and listen to them this is a great uh, uh, skill that we have to learn and then the third one is to step out of your comfort zone I mean I love when it's about spread your wings and grow because you know what if we are not growing if we are not challenging ourselves we are not growing we're going to stop uh, growing if we stop learning so really huge on that as well be a big proponent on that so thank you for sharing those tips that our listeners can take action on today now what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business and that which you can share our listeners with well it's not a typical computer program or an app or a piece of technology it's kind of something i've just developed myself and i call it my me list of three and what it is when I get up in the morning every day is I've got three different sheets of paper. Actually, now it's three different sections in a notebook. But on the first one, I write down something I like about myself. And I must tell you, that is the shortest section. That is so hard for so many of us, I think particularly women, to actually come face to face with what we like about ourselves because we're so used to looking in the mirror or critiquing or saying what we want to fix or what's wrong. So it's important to get in touch with yourself and find out what you do like because, you know, uh, hopefully we're all very likable people and we just have to zero in on that. And the more we understand what's likable about ourselves, the more other people will see that in us. The second um, thing I write about is something I'm grateful for. I know it's kind of becoming a, a new thing for gratitude circles and things along those lines, but it is so important for us to be grateful for what we do have. Again, we get caught up in what we want to achieve, but we need to think about where we are right now and the people and the opportunities and you know what we've already achieved that we are grateful for. And then the third thing I do is write something I believe in. And it could be political, it can be spiritual, it can be just my own little philosophy about life, but come up with something because again, it's getting me in touch with who I am. It focuses me on who I am, where my passions and talents lie. And then, you know, makes me take time to appreciate all that I do have. And I think when you're appreciative of what you have, more good things are more likely to come to you. Wow, what a great resource and uh, the, what you're doing out there. I mean, I really love it. And then having this meal list and those sections that those topics that you focus on, you know, you're writing what you like about yourself, what you are grateful for and what those the things that you believe in. Wow, it really gives us a chance to be introspective, to really think and reflect on our life and ourselves. And I love that uh, exercise uh, for our listeners out there. Let's try this. I mean, if it's uh, if it helps you to, you know, I believe that this will help get to know you, to know yourself better, and to be aware of what's in you uh, by doing this exercise. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure I, I'm gonna try it myself as well. Awesome. 
Yeah, now entrepreneurs are wide readers. Can you recommend a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? Well, yes, in that it's interesting in that I'm not the best business reader. When I finally have time to read, I'm usually reading about dogs and animals. But, you know, when I finally have time to read, I want a story where I can escape to an imaginary land or time and forget things. But um, there is a book I've read relatively recently by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. And it resonated with me. And actually, I'm seeing a lot of the things I've talked about today today. Kate didn't necessarily come from the book, but the book resonated with what I was already thinking. So I think that's why it's in the forefront of my mind. The four agreements are to be impeccable with your word, to say what you mean, always be kind, but, you know, say what you mean to not take anything personally because, you know, when somebody else is picking on you or, you know, giving you some kind of negativity, it's really their issue, not yours. Um, don't make assumptions. I think we all since childhood learned about, you know, not to assume. So make sure you're really clear with people you're talking to that you understand so that misunderstandings don't happen. And finally, always do your best because that's all that can be expected of any of us. So I really like the four agreements. Those are four agreements you make to yourself. Yes, so that's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes, we can all learn from that book. And I really like that, that, that book because it really great strategies and great tips that we should all be reflecting on and applying in our lives. So thank you for sharing that. And because we love you here at Today's Leading Women, you can now get a free audio download of this book or your favorite one at Audible by going to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Audible. Now, Denise, in my mind, you are a superhero, or shall I say superheroine, because you have done this, you have done that, but you've also experienced a lot of challenges that our listeners definitely relate. So if you are a superhero, who do you want to be and why? And it doesn't have to be a cartoon character, but can be someone you admire and look up to. Well, you know, I thought about this and I thought about putting on the proverbial cape and thinking, well, do I want to, you know, see through walls or do I want to fly or do I want to be able to read people's minds or what is it? And I mean, there are some even great animal characters or superheroes out there. But I think I'm going to have to tell you that it's Hachiko. And all of the listeners may not know who Hachiko is. Hachi was a real dog. Back in um, the 20s, he was in Akita in Japan who followed his owner, the professor, to the train station every day and then returned to the train station when the professor came back from the university at night and they would walk home together. He was a great and loyal friend and companion. And one day in 1925, the professor didn't return to the train station because he unfortunately had a heart attack at the university and passed away. And Hachiko never understood. And he continued for nine years. He would get, you know, out of his family home and return to that train station waiting for his owner. We'd get all choked up talking about it until the day Hachi passed away. And having Akitas now, I know what a treasure they are. They are so loyal. My female bonsai is just, I call her my Velcro dog. She sticks to my side. Um, and loyalty, trust, and love, which Hachi showed, 
um, are priceless to me. Those are the greatest qualities. Additionally, Hachi's name actually stands for the number eight. Um, who knows? Maybe that dog was born eighth in the litter. But when you look at the number eight and you turn it on its side, it means infinity. It's, you know, things that go on and on, and that's what it is. We're all making our contribution, and hopefully these contributions will go on and um, ignite something in somebody else who will approve, improve upon it, and, you know, so on and so on, so to speak. The other thing I like about Hachi and the number eight is if you turn it back up to look like a number eight, it's two circles upon each other. They're equally balanced. So um, I, I believe they, that the saying is that the eight reaches to the sky and then back down to the earth. Maybe that's part of the infinity in it, too. But I like that balance because it's, it's something that reminds me we all need to stay balanced like we've been talking about here today. Wow, what a touching story. I'm definitely going to be uh, researching more about that. Oh, I really love that story and what an inspiration for all of us. You know, the, the, the being loyal. I mean, remaining, I mean, our pets are so loyal to us. We should treat them likewise. And I love that you shared that story because it's really touching. It's really, uh, we can all learn from uh, the lessons that, uh, that Hachiko, um, 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 gave us and you know i mean talk about loyalty being loyal to his to his uh, to the owner um even beyond beyond the after after his death wow that's make that gives us really that makes you think that oh my god this pets are that are part of our family they are just like us and we should treat them the same way so i love that you you shared that one i'm definitely going to be checking that one out all right, last but not the least, Denise, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it, and then we'll end from there. I think basically it's to become a better pet parent. Um, a lot of times people have pets, and it's amazing training for having human kids, but sometimes people will just stick with the pets, and we all need to learn how to do better parenting because um, just like humans, you know, dogs and cats need some parameters and some guidelines, but they certainly need a whole lot of love and TLC from us. So I try to teach people to be a better pet parent and also to help them um, gain a respect for this other species that shares our lives. Because I think if people are humane towards animals, they're going to be more humane towards each other. And yes, I teach classes. I've written several books and I actually expect three more to come out this year. My first children's storybook about um, older pets um, called Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover recently won the Dog Writers Children's Book of the Year. So I'm very proud of that and I'm doing sequels. And I have produced a whole line of pet first aid kits. So the books are available on Amazon as well as my website and many other websites. But all of these products are to find more of my tips and about my classes, you can go to sunnydoginc.com. That's S-U-N-N-Y-D-O-G-I-N-K.com. All right, so that's sunnydoginc.com. And I highly encourage our listeners and our uh, out there to really check uh, check on her website, check on the book series that she had, that uh, Denise have on Amazon, or you can find them on her website at sunnydoginc.com. Especially for our uh, listeners who have pet or are pet owners, we can all learn from what Denise is putting out there, with, especially with his first aid kits that, that she developed. So that link again is sunnydoginc.com. And by the way, 
all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Denise Fleck or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. But again, that link is sunnydoginc.com. Denise, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you, Marie. I'm wagging my tail over having been on today. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.